1: Hi everyone, welcome back to Private Education. I'm Ashling, and I am joined today by Lisa McFarland who is at relationship.coaching.ni on Instagram and I'm sure many of you follow her. And um, She's a couples coach, she does one-to-one coaching, she facilitates workshops um, and I love, she does these things on Instagram, these like just a thought and every single one of them I'm like, oh my God, how have I never realised that before? Like these things that just little kind of nuggets of information about relationships and um how you interact with people and stuff and I'm just they're always so genius so I said I'd have to get her on the podcast to have a chat and welcome Lisa thank you thank you so much I uh I asked Lisa actually uh, what areas she liked to talk about or what areas she found that she had more experience in or ex- um, expertise in or whatever. And one of the things that she said to me was about attachment styles and I clung onto it straight away because <laughs> I just, I'm, fa- I'm actually fascinated by this whole area of attachment styles. And Lisa actually suggested that I do an attachment styles quiz, which I did. And how did we get on? Well, <laughs> so I, I did it. But well, just as I started to do it, I was like, I was the first question kind of threw me. It it was something like uh it it basically was something that I didn't feel like I could honestly answer about myself. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't know why that was. So I asked my husband, he was sitting beside me and I said to him, What do you think? Do you think I'm like this? Or do you think that's true of me? Or mm-hmm. and then I asked him to do the whole test as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my result was basically anxious I think was the the bottom line and Mm -hmm. it is it was so funny because I read out my result and it was to a T how -hmm. I am it there was so much there that I was like oh yeah okay that's me that's me that's me and it was difficult to read actually because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't you know some of the stuff I didn't really like and then I said okay Mm -hmm. husband what did you what was your result and he was like Uh, Mine says I'm secure and happy and friendly and warm. And and I was like, well, of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) And that that actually made me a little annoyed. So anyway, let's talk attachment styles. (laughs) Give me a bit of background. Where did it all kind of come from?
0: These are just all... (sighs) made up things. That's terrible. They obviously, there's <laughs> obviously, obviously research done about these things. But these are just ideas. So, you know, I talk about the love language one all the time yes. as well. So, the love language one was a gentleman um in America, Gary Chapman, I forget his name. And he just figured out that after he had been seeing couples for 25 years, that there was a bit of a thread running through them. So then he made the, he made this, the five love languages. Okay, he made the five love languages. And it's just a tool that we, The book Attached, who's the author, I've totally forgotten. The book Attached, again, he's researched couples. He's a psychologist, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, And he has come up with this theory Mm -hmm. too. Turns out these things are pretty spot on. Yeah. Spot on. There's another one at the minute that I'm fascinated with, and it's our conflict style. Oh, you'll have to do that one. So the conflict style. So now they're saying that there's sort of four conflict styles. One is a golden retriever. One is a hermit crab, one is a porcupine, and one is a feral cat. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm all over this. Uh, It's a little bit like your human needs. You know, there's six main human needs. You know, someone researches, comes up with these things, and then we use it in the coaching world to help people and give tips and tools. You just hit the nail on the head. It's going to help you in future because you have probably in the past blamed your husband for not feeling the same way that you did but now we know he's secure attachment style you're like okay this is mine I need to own this he doesn't feel like this so there's an argument done dusted doesn't need to happen again
1: yeah I totally found that and and straight away we we kind of looked at a couple of examples of recent disagreements we had and he was like well you know I just thought that was okay and you were fine. And then I was like, no, I sat and thought about that for the rest of the night. And he was like, well, I, I didn't, I would never be aware that you were mulling over that because that's not how I would, I, I would feel. And I was like, God, yeah, that's true.
0: So I'm just going to throw another one at Jacqueline, because you know you love this. So do you know anything about polarity?
1: Not really, but I, you know, I know this, the concept I know, of mindset, mindset
0: track. Yeah. So what has probably attracted you to him? Mm. is that he is so secure
1: mm, okay yeah. it
0: gives you a great sense of security because he's so secure so um then what happens is that starts to annoy us yeah. the thing that we fell okay. in love with the person for mm. maybe you fell in love with a dark handsome uh, you know quiet thoughtful person and now you want them to go racing around the countryside with you to every single event that's on This is my story, Um, and and then you get annoyed (laughs) that they won't go around, You know, you fell in love with the strong silent type, but now you don't want the strong silent type. You know, Yes. So it's this sort of self-prophecy, you know. But yeah. So and and he has to like some. There's something about your anxiousness and you're maybe willing to please and
1: you know wanting to make sure all his needs are met that he probably absolutely loves about you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But but it was so interesting to find out. Just in general, that we... Now, look, I know we're different. We're different as people. And I'm sure everyone listening will be thinking, well, I'm different from my partner. But it was interesting to put a a bit of a shape on our differences. Yeah.
0: So the idea of the game is... So then the other one is avoidant. So lots of times, anxious attachment style attracts avoidant attachment style. Why? Because it gives the anxious something to be anxious about. And it gives the avoidant something to avoid, okay? So our work as in couples so I both my husband and I were both pretty secure but when it came to uh conflict or any sort of trauma in our relationship I became anxious Uh, probably a bit of a Labrador hello hello see me see me see me everything is okay please give me attention and then I become a porcupine like I'm over here huffing and my my spikes are out do not come even anywhere near me okay Mm -hmm. yeah so that was my, and I say all the time on Instagram, you know, I was a huffer for 25 years of our relationship. So in our real lives, we can be perfectly secure. Look, like you're perfectly secure in your real life. You run a podcast, you're a successful woman. You're perfectly secure in your real life. But it's when it comes to these areas of conflict, we default to our woundedness, to our family of origin, to the stuff that we've learned, to our uh, baggage we've brought with us from mm. our family of origin and from our worldview. Mm-hmm. So mine was anxious. You're not going to hurt me. I'm going to hunker down over here and huff. My husband's is it avoidant. It's all going to be fine. I didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it because if he talked about it, then I would end up huffing. And now we're in a whole circle.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And is okay. Are, so about the, the origins of those, the anxious, the avoidant, and what was the other one? Anxious, avoidant, and secure. But, are secure. Those, those are the three key ones. Mm-hmm. Is that all from childhood? Yeah. Is it all yeah. from childhood? Okay.
0: Well, who knows? If someone can be, it can be in your cells from Cube Man time. Who knows? Who knows? It could be a movie that you watched. It could be an aunt and an uncle that you saw having an argument. It could be from school. It's all just in there. Okay. It could be that you fell down in the park one day and your mummy wasn't there to pick you up. These are not things that are done to us really necessarily on purpose. Mm-hmm. But the way... Are, you could raise two children exactly the same way, but the way their makeup is, they could have, they have different attachment styles,
1: you know? Okay. Yeah. So it's not but necessarily it's, like a traumatic event in childhood that, that got in there and stuck with us. No, okay. No. So it's a are, kind of combination of things. These
0: are normal events. These are, yes. okay. you didn't want to go to P1. You were anxious in P1. So now it's still, the, so therapy and coaching are two different things. So in therapy, and I've been to therapy tons of times, we look at, oh, Goodness me, I was going to swear, but I'm not sure if we can swear. Um, We can, we can. (laughs) This happened. Oh, flip me. You know, my parents didn't show up for that or whatever. Yes. And we don't put shame and guilt on our parents. No. They were doing the best they could. They were navigating a life that they'd never just like I try not to put you in guilt myself for my own children. Mm. So stuff happened. Maybe you got knocked down in the playground. Maybe you got bullied. Maybe something happened. Maybe you got ridiculed when you stood up and sang a song in primary school or as a teenager or whatever. A boy dumped you when you were 15. Whatever it is, you go, oh, right. That's why that's playing out. And in therapy, we push into that and how did it happen and why it happened. Coaching, we say, ah, your anxious attachment started. You've taken the course. Your anxious attachment started. What can we do today to fix that anxious attachment style? How today can we say, right, make a different choice? So I was a huffer, which is a sign of anxious attachment style. So once we discovered that I was a huffer and I was going to huff with the therapist, <clears throat> that was an interesting day. Um, So uh, I decided that I would not huff with the therapist because uh, I was paying her money. So I came <laughs> home and I said to my hubby, every time I feel like I'm going to huff, I'm going to walk towards you and ask for a hug. So that's your signal to hug me and say something like, we're going to figure this out. So my action was to walk over and give a hug. His action was to not be defensive and say, we are going to figure this out. It's not such a, it's not a big deal. It's a figure outable. We can figure this out. Mm -hmm. So I can, coaching is about making a change in your behavior this day without really knowing too many of the ins and outs of it guys love coaching because they do not care why their daddy didn't hug them when they were 12 they don't care they want it fixed today because they want a happy partner okay yeah
1: and they may choose to go to therapy
0: later they may choose to go to therapy tons of people come to coaching first till we get things back on their legs a bit Mm. and then individually they'll go to they'll go to therapy
1: yeah yeah,
0: but sometimes think, when you're so low, you can't really make that move.
1: Yeah, and I I think I was just going to say it's interesting to kind of look at the difference between coaching and therapy because I go to a therapist, but I feel as though she is she's very practical mm-hmm. and she gives she gives me homework, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which is more like coaching. Sounds, yeah, kind of sounds coaching-esque uh-huh. with a therapy background I suppose. And yeah. I love that because I'm very solution oriented Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i like to be able to to, yes i I also love knowing the cause of these things Mm -hmm. but i quite like to be able to actively do something to make my day-to-day better
0: but when we we get a bit stronger then we can push more in picking those
1: scabs off
0: yeah when we're so bland i can't this is terrible when we're so down there it's really difficult to push into all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We usually when I can get couples to a better place, mm. they're getting on, they've got their sex life back on track, they're connected, they're communicating, then I can say, okay, mm. let's look at how this happened. Yeah, How did we get there? Because if we don't figure out how we got there, we we have to, we' work's going to go back there again. Okay. You know, we had to stick put a sticking plaster over it. Yes. But I have to give couples tips and tools on the day that they come to see me So that night, so for example, when we went through our stuff, it was a whole business. It was a whole, we have another business together. And it was a whole stress and anxiety over that business. And she said to us, when we went to our our person, who sounds very like your person, she was a therapist, but she coached us. Um, She said, you two aren't allowed to talk about work after half five at night. And I was like, that doesn't sound like rocket science. Sure, it doesn't. Um, So we stopped talking about work. So the next thing we went to see her, she was like how are you I was like no but we're still arguing about work but we're only arguing about it in work and we're managing at home much better brilliant now I can give you something else to do okay I can push it more yeah and
1: then after that then did you go back and dig into Mm. what the causes of the conflict were
0: yeah so we So I had been to therapy, my mum had passed away, so I went to therapy then. That was quite a lot of years ago when it really was, therapy wasn't really cool. Um, And if I just knew I needed something just to, and we went. I think people also think when they go to therapy, you can go for six months. I think people think that's it, you're in therapy the rest of your life. I go to therapy like three times in a row, then I wait a little while, and then I see if something else comes up for me. So then we went to her, and she got us going again. And then we went to therapy individually. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have to thrash this out in front of our partner. Yeah, yeah. There is the stuff that we just need to thrash out for ourselves. Yeah,
1: yeah. And in terms of the, just to go back to the mm-hmm. conflict styles or the um, sorry, <laughs> the attachment styles. Mm-hmm. Can you change attachment style? Yes. Okay. That's really though.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's our work, and you might need a life coach to help you with that. <laughs> so let's take anxious attachment style. So anxious attachment style comes from the feeling of not being enough, not being complete. Um, and the reason, part of the reason why I started all this madness was I thought that you guys were getting different messaging than I got. So my messaging was from movies like Jerry Maguire, Pretty Woman, um, Dirty Dancing, all these movies that said that you're only complete if you have someone else who will love you.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: not enough. If you're not in a relationship, you're not enough. There's something wrong with you if you haven't got a person, okay? And that all builds into, you know, the whole, you complete me or my other half, okay? That is bullshit, okay? Mm -hmm. We are already whole, complete, enough in ourselves. And then we want to go out and find someone else to journey this life with who's whole and complete, Mm okay? Okay. It's also not our partner's job to fix us, which again I thought was for 25 years of my marriage. Mm-hmm.
1: 25 years. Uh, that's a well, that's a long time. and mm-hmm. I'm actually glad we, I've been married for five years mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we've I, I'm so glad like it was such a small thing to do to find out our and um, our attachment does. but it's already even this morning we already had an interaction that I was thinking, oh, okay, that's why he feels that way. That's why he's he said that to me or, you know, whatever. And it's, it's yeah, it's already proven quite helpful to do that that mm-hmm. small thing.
0: Um, a tiny thing is you yeah. can say your words now and you can say, oh, I'm feeling anxious about that. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, I'm feeling anxious about that. And your partner, your boss will say, okay, talk a bit more about that. What's making you anxious about that? Oh, it was just the way that it was said there. Da, 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 da. So we educate ourselves around what makes us anxious or, you know, I mean, you could tell one person a joke and they think it's funny. You could tell another person a joke and they'd be offended, you mm-hmm. know. So it's about your personal perception of these things. Mm-hmm. But just speaking it out loud, just like me with the huffing, I'm going to huff now. I feel like huffing. So can I have a hug? Oh, I feel myself getting anxious. Can we talk about that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, rather I- than you sitting.
1: I suppose doing something like that, even online or whatever, for anyone that's listening Um, I literally just Googled attachment styles quiz and did the first one that I saw. And it was, you know, it was good. And um, for anyone that's listening that wants to do that, it does just give you like that, like, just like you said, it gives you the language. It it mm-hmm. just informs your feelings you're going to feel the same way but at least you can go ah this is probably why I think this so this is probably why he's reacting Mm -hmm. that way Mm -hmm. and it's the same with the love languages can we just Mm -hmm. briefly talk about the love languages so Mm um there I think is there five am I correct Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. talk to me about what they are and then maybe how kind of how you pair them with Mm -hmm. whatever the uh your partner gets Mm -hmm. So there's
0: five love languages, time, touch, gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service. Okay. So we all rank differently. If you do the test and you and your partner rank similar, you're going to have an easier relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if you rank holds apart, it's still okay. We can figure this out. Okay. So um, people, couples will say to me all the time, actually, a lot of women will say this to me, which I was, was surprised about at the start. He does everything he does everything around the house he picks up the kids he brushes the floor he's tidying up he's doing everything and drives me demented all i want is for him to sit down and have a cup of tea with me Mm -hmm. now that guy thinks he's doing the right thing what do you think his love language is
1: well it would strike me as he he is active service or he thinks active service are are the best. And then. So his love language is acts of service. Mm
0: -hmm. So he's loving his person the way he wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. Not the way she wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. She does not give a toss about the house. She cares about time. Time is her love language. Mm -hmm. She wants her feet rubbed. She wants to sit down. She wants to put the kettle on. She wants to feel important. And the reason why love languages work so well is within our relationships, we must be seen, heard, and validated. And if our love language isn't being spoken, we are not being seen, heard, or validated.
1: And is it true that whatever way you choose to love your partner, that must be your key love language? Is that always It seems the to be. Okay. It seems
0: to be. It seems okay. to be. You know, sometimes people by gifts all the time mm-hmm. and you're like okay clearly their love language is gifts so you yeah. buy them something back
1: okay mm-hmm. um if you if someone that's listening takes those quizzes and their partner takes them too and they're completely opposite ends what actions can they take to or what can they do to so, help I'll give you an that? example so yeah.
0: we're the same ours is primary time time is our primary love language so that's okay. brilliant so that just so that just happens easy that just happens easy that doesn't take much thought or effort it just happens easy peasy you know you go into the gym you come into the gym with me it's easy peasy it's easy peasy okay so that's fine my secondary love language is is words of affirmation okay your hair looks lovely that was a nice thing you did da, 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 okay all those things words of affirmation okay that's mine so I say words of affirmation to my partner I say things like, that shirt looks lovely, oh, I was so proud of you, that really made me happy, oh, that was lovely what you said to the kids, okay? His response to that is, oh, okay, doesn't care. Doesn't care, it mm. doesn't speak love to him. He likes it, it's mm. fine, mm. just like giving him a gift. He likes it, it's fine, but it doesn't, you know, he feels seen, heard and validated, but doesn't. But if he is cutting the grass and I take him a cup of coffee and a biscuit, he would think I was the Queen of Sheba. Mm. okay and
1: so what what is so
0: my job is to remember to love him that way
1: okay yeah so he he responds well then to what what would that be would that be an act of service or would that
0: yeah yeah exactly. okay so he's great around the house he's one of these men who does all the stuff around the house and what can i do and how can i help And no i'll get jake did da, 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 da. brilliant brilliant and i love it it's great and i have a tidy house which is brilliant but doesn't actually speak love to me mm-hmm OK, so his little bit of work that he does is he has to connect in with me more verbally. OK, you know, and years ago, when we would have been in conflict. He would have said things like I'm doing all this around the house. I'm doing all this. It's like, I don't care. I don't give a frigging hell. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So um, it's
0: about just remembering to speak to your person. And that just costs that's just a little tiny bit of effort. But it's not a big thing. You love your person. So it's fine.
1: Yeah. Do you get a lot of people I mean I'm sure you probably get a lot of DMs and messages and emails and inquiries from people I don't know someone meets you for lunch and tells you the story of a conflict that they had in their relationship or or something that they felt bad about or something that they felt sad about can you almost box off okay well you're obviously anxious avoidant and you're obviously secure or whatever can you kind of do that in your head? Yeah. I can also,
0: if you tell me about your sex life, I'll tell you about your relationship.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> tell me more. How, what, give me an example. Well, people aren't having sex.
0: Mm. They're lacking in connection. Now, there are um, a percentage of people who are in sexless marriages and they're both happy. Grant, okay? Mm-hmm. Grant, okay? So, That's that dealt with. People pop up to me all the time, go, eh, I'm like, shut up, okay? (laughs) It's like 1.1% or something, okay? So we're talking about the 99% of people who are in a relationship having sex. If you're not having sex or your sex life has died away, I'm going to say communication has also died. Something has died within you. Maybe you're going through a really stressful time. Maybe um, something has happened in your relationship has put a huge block and you're not your sex life then suffered but your sex life for me is a mirror of what your relationship is like right and secondly if you can talk about your sex life in in a healthy manner you can sort out your relationship stuff
1: okay and why do you think that if you're able to communicate about your sex life is it is it just because it's the hardest thing to talk about okay it's the hardest thing to talk about
0: so if you can say your big girl words, like, I really like that. I wasn't so keen on this. That really worked for me. I loved it how you did that last week. I kind of missed that yesterday. When you can say all those big girl words, you can say anything in your relationship.
1: And when you say big girl words, I'm I i always you know, I'm always getting messages from people who are struggling to communicate about their sex lives and struggling, struggling to communicate in their relationships in general, but specifically their sex lives. I think uh, there's a bit of an... particularly for Irish people, there's a bit of a Mm -hmm. hangover of shame and you Mm -hmm. know things associated with that about their sex lives. If you're not talking about your sex life and yet your communication in your relationship is fine, is that okay? It's it's grand. It's grand.
0: And when we say communicate about our sex life, we communicate differently about our sex life. Mm -hmm. So um it may not be all the words that you use for going to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. It may just be that look the next morning that connection, that text that says, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to maybe get into the nitty gritty of, I would like four bananas and they need to be this color and da It doesn't have to be as descriptive as that. Mm-hmm. The other reason why I started this madness was that I had huge hang ups around sex and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Huge hang ups. Had a good sex life, but wasn't able to talk about it in the daytime, which then played into my not being able to talk about stuff when it came to conflict and my huffing. So the two things had to get sorted out together because your sex life is integral to your relationship. If your sex life was going down the toilet, it's going to be really hard to keep your communication, to keep your connection, to keep that intimacy together mm-hmm. when this is struggling. So mm-hmm. if you,
1: does your attachment style um I suppose influence how you form what what you expect from your relationship? Possibly and anxious attachment styles are usually overthinkers so
0: it's the should I say this should I not say this maybe I, is that going to hurt his feelings I really did I did actually we're talking about we're talking about sex you know mm-hmm. I did really generally enjoy myself but I just would have liked a bit more of that or a bit less of this or whatever you know so it's the overthinking 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 that mm-hmm. then we go okay I'm getting anxious about this I just need to say all my big girl words and get it over and done with it. be more secure about it
1: and can you be I think you, you kind of mentioned it earlier that your attachment style, uh, comes up in conflict or it comes up in your relationship context. Yes. So if someone like say for instance, I at the moment wouldn't consider myself extremely anxious. I have had times of my life where I've been anxious or, you know, kind of really suffered with different things around anxiety. But at the moment, I feel okay. I mm-hmm. do still. I did still come out as an anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. So if someone is, say, takes a test and they're like, okay, it says I'm anxious, but I'm not really an anxious person. How does that make sense to them? So I'm not an anxious person. I've never struggled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Never struggled with it. I'm a
0: confident outgoing person. In conflict, mm-hmm. all this woundedness gets triggered. Mm-hmm. So it's about almost like what our underlying baseline would be. Okay, so I, you know, we all have anxiety growing up, or you know, we've seen anxiety in our homes, or we can even, for me, being my big, my my one about anxiety was I never really felt heard at home in my house. My house was very busy. Doesn't matter. Um, so my whole thing was like, you know, I'm getting anxious, so I can't get my words across, and I'm not being heard. So then I'm just tough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is all woundedness that comes up,
1: and in terms of i i one of the things that i read somewhere on a list of signs that you might be have an anxious attachment style was that um you're very sensitive to Mm -hmm. your partner's moods Mm -hmm. and humors Mm -hmm. and -hmm. that is something that i definitely experience and struggle Mm -hmm. with a lot because i really um I really feed off, I actually really feed off most people's moods I think but particularly uh, my husband because Mm -hmm. obviously I care about him probably more than I care about most of the people and also because Mm -hmm. I spend most of my time at home with him. So if you are struggling with being overly sensitive to your partner's emotions and moods Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for someone who's who's doing that? So first
0: of all we can't be overly sensitive because being sensitive is a good thing. So we don't okay. want to be overly sensitive. We're lovely, sensitive people. Okay? So we're really nice, sensitive people. And when we're with especially a guy for a long time, we can feel their mood before they even know what the mood is. Mm. Okay? If you're intuitive at all, if you're a sensitive person, we can feel the mood of our person who we love very much. That can be your mummy, your children, your partner, whatever. We can feel the mood. We can feel the vibe. Okay. So here's what we don't do. And I was guilty of this for a long, long time. What's wrong with you? You don't seem right. There's something wrong. You're definitely off today. Okay. Accuse, 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 accuse. The only place someone has to go when they're accused is attack. All right. And the answer you'll get is I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. It's you. You're being this, you're being that. Okay. So a little tool that you can use is we can say to our person, so how was work? General, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then we can say, and this is a good thing to do of a normal time, not just when you think your person is stressed. You can say, what's your number? What number would you give me today for how you're feeling? So 10 is the best you've ever felt in your life. One's the worst. Mm-hmm. And your person might come in with, nah, four, five. Okay. Then you can say, you don't say anything, you don't respond to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you can say, um, can you give me a word for how you're feeling today? This works really well with teenagers. Can you give me a word for how you're feeling today? And they might say, blah. Because they do, they just feel blah. They don't know if it's the person who pulled out in front of them in the car. Maybe it was an argument with their mummy. Maybe it was something that happened to work. They don't really know what it is. They just feel mm-hmm. blah. Maybe a bit overwhelmed, maybe a bit stressed. And here is what we do. We say, I'm here for you when you want to chat. So we have left the gift of a safe place to land for our person to come to us. We're not going to be a Labrador. and am wrong with you. And, da, 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 da. and look, I'm over here all happy. Let me come over here to me so I can make you happy. No. you have giving your person the gift. You want to go walk later? You want to watch a movie later? Let me know. I'm up for whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then we go and we fill our own cup. Because we're not codependent, and our mood does not depend on our partner's mood. Okay. Because what's going to happen is you're going to end up in a bad mood with your partner for absolutely zero reason, and we've got two people in bad mood, and that's that is like putting a match to dry wood. You're going to end up in an argument over nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. What about um? Because I obviously have been looking up stuff about anxious attachment because that is that pertains <laughs> to me and I also looked up secure attachment which pertains to my husband neither of us are avoidant talk to mm-hmm. me about that what kind of characteristics um of avoidant attachment are there and how do you kind of how does it manifest
0: yeah I would love to tell you that it's mostly men but it's not really but it is it's just I can't deal with this I don't have the tools to deal with this lots of avoidance love coaching because it's about here's the actual words to say um, so it's just, I, I can't cope with this. It's too much. So I'm going to say, look, sure, we'll go out for a tea tomorrow. And your person is now like, what? We're going out for a tea tomorrow night? I want to talk about this huge thing. You know, it's avoidant. Mm-hmm. It's it's fearful of getting into, it's also maybe come to us from childhood when whenever we, maybe we took responsibility for something when we were a teenager and we got ridiculed. Best thing we can do for an avoidant is to give our avoidant what I like to call a safe place to land. So when our avoidant does say, I'm sorry about that, I can see how that hurt you. What we want to do is say, thank you, I appreciate that. But all our instincts are to go, well, that took you long enough. Why did you even do that in the first place?
1: So when you're, if you have an avoidant partner, or you indeed are avoidant, what you're looking for, what they're looking for is... When they eventually stop avoiding and they come mm-hmm. back and they mm-hmm. want to either apologize or talk or interact, you don't have a go at them for being avoidant, is that? Exactly. exactly. Okay. okay, Exactly. Do you ever remember, yeah. remember
0: when you were a teenager and you took responsibility for something and when you said you were sorry and sorry I was late and, you know, I'll try my better next time and your parents were like, well, really, are you sorry? If you were really sorry, you wouldn't do it again. And you see, that's the fourth thing: you're not. So you know what? I don't care if you're sorry or not. You're grounded. So that all gets triggered in us. All gets triggered. And here's the thing: we're going to do silly things in our relationship. We're going to bump, bump the car, or we're going to spend too much money when we've decided that we actually were meant to be saving for something. We're going to mm-hmm. do silly things, and we have to know our person is a safe place to land. Mm-hmm. We have to know that we're not going to be ridiculed and be made feel less than or undermined, especially if we come from a family, who maybe the dad was very undermining or something like that. And we don't want to undermine our parents or
1: partner when they have taken
0: responsibility, anxious or avoidant.
1: If you take the quiz and it turns out you're secure, does that mean you're perfect? Can you be smug? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It means that in,
0: com- in conflict, in my experience, it's still gonna show up a little bit, either anxious or avoidant. And when we talk about those four argument styles, four four conflict styles, that's all they are. They're anxious or avoidant. You know, you have a hermit crab, you have the porcupine who's anxious, you have the golden retriever who's anxious, you have the feral feral cat who's anxious and, and avoidant, you know?
1: Are there what I'm what I'm getting at is please tell me that there's problems with people who are actually secure in conflict and in relationships.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes people who are secure bite off more than they can chew. Okay. People who are secure are like, of course I can do that. Yeah, I can do that too, and I can do that, and I can do that, and I can do that, and then all of a sudden they're overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and then they're overwhelmed, and they're in a bit of a mood. And your person knows that you're in a bit of a mood, but whenever you come to them and say, "Are you okay?" I just spill you a bit off. No, I'm fine. I'm fine because you know what I'm really secure and I have bitten all this off and I will deal with it myself
1: mm-hmm. yeah that sounds quite like him mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 um mm-hmm. in terms of uh clinginess in relationships is there and I don't mean cl- like clinginess is, it can be both people there's a there's obviously the stereotype that women can be clingier or whatever mm-hmm. in hetero relationships but because when you think of attachment, you literally, you know, very literally think of how you are clung together with someone. What branch of the attachment theory does clinginess, what definitely, branch does it come into? It's definitely anxious.
0: Okay. I, I would guess. I would guess definitely anxious. Mm-hmm. When you say clingy, sometimes that, sometimes to me, clingy can mean like physical act, like wanting to be holding hands up. It could turn mm-hmm. out your love language is touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your person's love language isn't, which makes you feel like, oh, they don't hold my hand and they don't know, which, which makes you then sound clinging.
1: The, one of the things that came up for me in that was empathy mm-hmm. and being able to read others' needs and emotions. Is that is that always a bad thing or can it be That's a good funny. thing? There's no um, bad emotions.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, My daughter, my number two daughter left for uni. Am I not allowed to be sad? Am I not allowed to feel all those emotions? I'm allowed to do all those things. We had friends over the night after we left her and they were like, how are you? I was like, we're okay. But if I drip out my eyeballs, that's also okay. I've just left my number two daughter in Newcastle by herself. So if I drip out my eyeballs and I'm not the life and soul of the party, that's okay. It is not going to, you know, it's not going to overtake me. It's not going to, emotions are fine. We have to let them move through our body you can say things actually like oh that was a lot because i'm a very sensitive person and i really felt that girl's pain that was a lot there today isn't that a nice way to say it i'm really intuitive so i knew that they were really struggling but they were trying to put a good face on it and that's exhausting for me sometimes so do you know what i'd like to sit down and just watch a nice movie tonight
1: hmm so we're allowed to have feelings is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> All feelings are welcome here.
1: <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for this chat. It was really um, insightful and, you know, bordered on you just coaching me a little bit. At that <laughs> but we'll take it. We'll take that. All ahead. podcasts are the same. If, any, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or indeed follow you on Instagram or anything like that, where's the best place that they can do that? Yep.
0: Instagram relationship.coaching.ni. Uh, website is relationshipcoach.com, I think. But Instagram, more over Instagram every day. Um, love coaching people. Love coaching one to ones. Lots of people, like yourself, Ashleen, like me, were like, okay, there's just something not right here. Is it me? Is it us? Is it what is it? You know, lots of pe- women, guys too, come for one to one session just to go, okay, what what's happening here? And then I maybe say, look, would your partner be willing to come for a couple of session? Because couple of sessions are magical. They are magical. I tell all young couples that everybody should come for one or two sessions.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you said earlier on that therapy wasn't cool when, you know, way back when. or yeah. it, I, I, I think therapy is becoming, maybe not cool, cool is probably the wrong word, but maybe it's becoming more, you know, normal acceptable, normal. Uh, yeah. Couple therapy, I still think, has a little bit of a ways to go before it's just seen it as a regular thing to do. And that's why it's relationship coaching.
0: My whole drive is to come, learn the tips and tools before the wheels fall off. When we went through our struggles, I just kept saying, why did we not know this stuff? Why did we not know that? Why did you not know that you weren't anxious attachment style five years into your marriage? Mm -hmm. Why did I not know what my love language was? Why did I not know what this? Why did I not know this? We need to educate ourselves early on on how to have healthy relationships. We educate ourselves in every other walk of life. Mm-hmm. There is no manual on how to do this thing called relationships, and it's the hardest thing we're ever going to do. And then when our, if our relationship ends, we have shame and guilt about failing. Mm-hmm. How can we fail an exam that we never got prepped for?
1: Yeah, that's actually true. We we do feel a lot of like shame and failure after relationship ends for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and yet no one ever told us how to do it right. No one ever
0: And worse than that, you only ever saw bad examples. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even if your mama and daddy loved each other dearly, none of us. I hope my children see healthy conflict, but I don't know anybody who has seen healthy conflict
1: growing up. I'm trying to. That's kind of what I'm trying to do with podcast a little bit. Is is give. <laughs> Some further reading to people on their uh, relationships and sex lives. And I really, I found this incredibly informative and helpful. And so I hope everyone listening uh, felt the same way. And I will put Lisa's contact details in the notes underneath the episode so you can you can you know click through and find her from there
0: and actually for the month of october i'm giving 20 percent off coaching sessions. because we just need to say my favorite favorite couples to coach are you know what we've been married two and a half years now and just you know we want to make sure we have the tips and tools because we're great and we just want to continue to be great Mm -hmm. that's what i want Mm -hmm. that's my mission that people who spend these 15 20 30 thousand pounds on wedding Spend a couple of hundred pounds
1: on coming to relationship coaching, so they have tools that they need. That's a really cool way to look at it because people do spend a lot of money on weddings and then probably yep. not a penny on keeping that relationship yep. healthy. Thank you so much, Lisa, and You're um, for everyone else, uh, for everyone listening. Thank you very much for listening last week. Um, Andrew Fitzsimon's episode went down a storm and I'm so glad that everyone got to listen to that conversation because I really enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed speaking to Lisa today so until next week stay safe have fun goodbye